Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. Jesus said, looking at him, loved him, and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it is October, even though we're like dead in the middle of it. I don't know. It's been like 80 degrees the last couple of days. And uh, I don't know. It felt more like October, late September, I just feel. Uh, But the thing is, you know it's October because last Sunday... We had a skeleton on the front of the bulletin, cementing that it is Halloween time. And this week, I'm going to be preaching from the Old Testament. Boo, right? Yeah. You have heard it said that Pastor Dan gives Halloween sermons at least once a year. Uh, Unfortunately, I just haven't found the right time yet. So I'm trying to sneak it in with other aspects of the service. Um. And unfortunately, today is more of a Thanksgiving sermon than a Halloween sermon, even though we don't have a Thanksgiving service at this church. Um, but I have to ask, does anyone here like leftovers? Please raise your hand. You like leftovers. All right. Does anyone not like leftovers? No one doesn't like leftovers. All right. I mean, I guess it's a different kind of world today because you have to use leftovers to make it through the work week instead of having to prep each meal, but whatever. Uh, Thanksgiving is usually most known for creating a lot of leftovers. Um, Just, you know, lots of food is made, and you end up bringing leftovers home, like in these Cool Whip containers, and you're not sure if you're still supposed to microwave those, uh, or what happens when you use Tupperware for too long, and is my Tupperware from the 80s? Uh, like, what does that do to my body? Those kinds of things. So those are questions that are brought up by Thanksgiving. Um, and at first, you just reheat a plate of Thanksgiving food. You have the mashed potatoes and the, the stuffing and the turkey slices. But then you do the same thing, but with less effort at work. And then you just mix it all together to make sure it evenly heats and it's just like mush, and it's probably what it looks like in your stomach anyways, but you know, that's what my dad says. And then you start to make weird stuff with it, because like, you saw it in the Martha Stewart magazine. 
you know, we, we did uh, Thanksgiving pot pies. We, we put some mashed potatoes in there. We, we put the, the, some turkey. We put some stuffing on top, baked it in a ramekin, put some cranberry sauce on the top. Thanksgiving pot pie. But it still tasted like Thanksgiving food, so we were kind of sick of it. Then uh, you just straight up put turkey into a Ziploc and you put it in the freezer. And that's the end, right? You might find it later, who knows? Uh, It's scary to find later. You start to despise leftovers. Even though you all said that you love leftovers, maybe we all left, we love leftovers the first time, right? Uh, We actually still have a vat of chili in our fridge right now uh, that still remains to be eaten. This is where the judges, the priests and the spiritual authorities, the time of Amos were at in uh, Amos's day. And that's why I thought it would be cool to preach on the Amos reading, uh, because usually our only familiarity with Amos is his cookies, uh, because they're famous. Um, You see, these people in authority, they were the elites, just like we have elites today. We have upper class. We have rich people. We have snooty, soft people uh, who live in luxury while other people work hard and remain hungry. Uh, Amos, he was a prophet from God. And he spoke against these evil people in authority. And he called them out all the time in a very public way. Uh, he let them know that God saw that they weren't living an upright life. They would take these burdensome taxes from the poor people's crops. They would build big, beautiful homes out of stone while everyone else was living in, you know, like, think about it, like mud huts, thatched roofs, that kind of thing. And they had these big vineyards, which sounds really nice. They were also, it says in the Amos reading, taking hush money from people that had money to cover up sinful behavior and uh, their sinful practices instead of turning them to repentance. Because you know how it is. You've heard it said from me before. If you are living in unrepentant sin, you need to stop what you're doing, change your life, repent, confess to God, and be forgiven. People didn't get that back in the day. Uh, They still don't get it today. Uh, They were looking on these needy people who allowed for them to live in their lifestyles. And uh, when they would come in the city gate, they would just ignore the needy person as they walked by because they reminded them that life isn't all sunshine and rainbows. So notice how expertly Amos points it out. If you want to turn with me to the Old Testament reading. It starts at verse 10. They hate him who reproves in the gate or corrects in the gate or, uh, you know, points out uh, what they're doing wrong in the gate. They abhor him who speaks the truth. We all know that's true. People don't want to hear the truth. Oh, yeah. 
they are terrible. You know, even these people in Amos's day, you know, the elites, the, the judges, the priests, the high priests, I agree, they are terrible. I agree with Amos. But Amos continues. You trample on the poor. You take unfair taxes. You have built fancy houses. And I know how many are your transgressions. How great are your sins. The old switcheroo. Right? We've all gone into Best Buy looking to get the $500 TV for $150 only to find out that they're out of stock, right? And then you end up spending money on other crud that you didn't need. Well, Amos strung them into listening and then slayed them with God's law, with the truth. They are not to be living that way. But who are these needy ones that Amos is talking about? Who are the needy ones that he's mentioning? Well, the Hebrew calls them the remnant of Joseph. Does anyone know what a remnant is? Leftovers. Perfect. That was awesome. The evil judges and leaders of Amos' day hate leftovers. The remnant of Joseph are Joseph's leftovers. They hate leftovers even when they're human leftovers. Now, of course, you all know who Joseph is. Does everyone know who Joseph is? Raise your hand. Joseph? Yeah. How do you know that? Because there is an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, right? The Technicolor Dreamcoat. Or uh, Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors, right? Uh, and, okay, so you all know who Joseph is. You all know that he looks like Donny Osmond. And uh, he was the favorite son of Jacob. He had a coat of many colors. How I love my coat of many colors, right? His brothers, they grew resentful of him. Not because of his coat of many colors and because it was tacky or something, right? But because his dad, Jacob, obviously seemed to love him more. He preferred Joseph. And unfortunately, what this led them to do is to throw him into a well, which is, okay, all brothers that are listening, don't do this to your siblings. Do not throw them into a well. And if you're resentful of them, talk to your parents about it. Uh, while Joseph was weeping in that well, his brothers, they sat and ate dinner. Bizarre. Like, think about... Like how, like, how you view other people if you can sit and eat a nice dinner while you had just thrown your brother into a bottom of a well and they forgot about him. And then later, if you can remember, when he starts interpreting dreams in prison, he interprets the chief cupbearer's dream and he says, hey, don't forget about me. Tell the Pharaoh about me that I interpreted your dream. Well... Chief cupbearer forgets about Joseph. Even after Joseph became high up in the Egyptian government by God's grace, you know, the lowly made high, as uh, St. Mary uh, sang about in her Magnificat. The close friend and advisor to Pharaoh, Joseph became. And soon after Pharaoh died, 
The new one, as we read in Exodus, forgot Joseph. Joseph becomes, in the poetry and prophecy of the Old Testament, a metaphor for the forgotten, the faithful, the loved ones of God who are left behind by those who are sinful and unrepentant, prideful and haughty. Now here in Amos' day, the very elites, the priests who should have studied this at school, who Joseph was, the pastoral shepherds, the judges of Israel, they were supposed to remember that God was the one who delivered them out of slavery in Egypt. They have forgotten Joseph. How easy it is to forget Joseph, to forget the meek, the weak, the worthless, the, the helpless. That's what Jesus has been talking about the last couple weeks and showing kids, uh, talking about how you need to um, humble yourself and serve instead of focusing on your own uh, loftiness and human hierarchies. I mean, when you see uh, leftovers in the fridge returning to that frozen bag of turkey, when you see them, how often do you feel the impulse to get rid of them or just to ignore them and let your spouse throw it in the garbage? Because you know if you throw it in the garbage, the whole house is going to stink. To not roll down the window at the stoplight, to not invite the old friend over, not call him, to not call mom, even though she's alone in the, you know, the retirement home or what have you, just because they didn't call first. Or even to leave Jesus's word up there on the shelf. Joseph's in there too. Thanks be to God that God loves leftovers. He loved his creation in this way, that he gave his one and only son for them, to them. As they, honestly, that they would forget him, that they would despise him. They'd forget his commands, everything that he says. They'd forget his teachings. They'd depart from them. They would forget him in the garden when he asked them to stay awake just for one hour. He was despised, right? Rejected forgotten by men. He is the remnant, the leftovers of Joseph. The faithful remnant that continued, was born, became incarnate, and then was crucified for our sins. Born meek and mild, a human, refused to be made great when offered to him in the desert by Satan. Refused the nations of the world to be his. Said a king, my kingdom is not of this world. And then he died for the sins of that world. He died for our sins. He's the stone that the builders rejected. Jesus. He was the stone that Israel, the chosen people, rejected. But as the judges of Amos' day rejected the remnant of Joseph and the needy, Jesus, the rejected, the useless, the helpless, the meek, dying on a cross, became our cornerstone. As Psalm 118 reads, God has remembered his people Israel. 
He's remembered you. He is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger. And he's abounding in steadfast love. And that is our promise for us from him. God loves leftovers. God loves us. He loves you. Don't get me wrong. Because I know that we're needy too. I know that we're forgotten too. Besides, you know, that what I mentioned before, yeah, people, your friends that once used to call you all the time, they don't call you anymore. I get it. I understand that, you know, you would love to have a dinner party at your house, but for some reason it just hasn't happened. I understand, but I also for, I remember that we're, you are forgotten too because the world doesn't seem to need you anymore. We're tired, we're hurt, we're broken, we're the Christian church. But Jesus died for that too. And not only did he die for it, he rose for it. And he rose for you. He rose to give you new life. He rose to give your children new life, your parents new life, your friends new life, which we remember each morning, right? He says, whoever should follow me should deny himself daily and take up his cross and follow me. Not admire him from a distance, but follow him. When we remember our baptism, we remember the new life that we're raised in. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point of me dipping my fingers in that baptismal font back there and crossing myself. It's why some of you cross yourselves before and throughout service to remember that you are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when you remember that, you remember you have this new life that Jesus gave you because he remembers remembers that you, the forgotten, the remnant of Joseph, were not forgotten by God. Knowing that Jesus died for us and forgave us for our forgetfulness, know that. That act of remembrance, that reminds us that we too were once lonely and forgotten, and therefore we wouldn't want anyone else to feel that way again. I mean, I'm sure uh, that that is an inspirational part of working for a Lutheran church, uh, child and family services, remembering the forgotten and the lowly and the meek. And I invite you to come and hear uh, a message spoken about about that after church. Um, So we do food and paper good drives. We remember the needy, right? Right, Lori? We send packages to soldiers. You know, they're not always the most needy people, soldiers. They're well, uh, you know, compensated for, but sometimes they're forgotten. And sometimes when they get a package full of candy, it makes them smile. And they feel served. We invite our friends to church in Oktoberfests. We witness the work of Christ and his forgiveness to our friends, our families, our co-workers, and even our enemies when we forgive them. We love leftovers. Amen.